Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much for whether it's the first time you're ever listening to an episode or maybe you've been here for a little while. It's truly an honor to have you. I am really excited to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, my friend Marisha, who you'll hear a little bit more about how we met. And she is a mom. Uh, She talks about how it was a big surprise to become a mom. It was not exactly what she had expected in that moment in her life after being with her partner for five months. And we talk mainly about her really, really cool new project called ILO, uh, which focuses on creating retreats for parents and their kids. And it's a beautiful idea that she's brought to life whilst having a full-time job and being a mom to a six-month-old. And... Um, yeah, it's quite a lot of things that tackled all in one. She was able to make a reality. So I really hope you love this episode. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the show. I have a very special guest today, my dear friend Marisha on the show. Marisha, welcome. Hello, welcome. Well, I guess thank you, not welcome. <laughs> you can welcome yourself. Um, so Marisha and I met in 2015, right? Yeah, 2015, when we both did our Masters of Social Entrepreneurship at Holt in San Francisco. And we then lived in San Francisco for the next few years, each kind of doing our own things until she left us to the other side of the ocean (laughs) to Denmark. So that's kind of how we know each other. It's crazy because one way it feels like yesterday and another way it's like that was a really long time ago. Yeah. I can't believe how long it's been. I feel like it's been a whole lifetime, but I also feel like the years in San Francisco were so meaningful that I like keep leaving them, you know? I think many people from our school had that feeling. Yeah, especially the ones in studying what we studied. Yeah. It was such a close-knit group of people who were like, I want to change the world. (laughs) True. True. And now, well, so much has changed. Um, Also, you're a mom. We might hear um, a little cutie in the background, so just letting you guys know that. Um, But yeah, can you just introduce yourself a little bit, talk about your journey to being who you are today? Yeah, so um, I am originally Polish. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning there's just not a ton of Polish people in San Francisco. I, just like Magali, studied social entrepreneurship. I think I've always been in the sphere of trying to make something meaningful with the power of running a business. And I think slowly from school, like from studying social entrepreneurship, 
in San Francisco, I converted like many to tech for social goods. And I worked both in the nonprofit space in the US. And then when I left, I went to the private sector where I started working on behalf of a bank with impact startups in Northern Europe, which was also very much a passion project for me. Um, I'm still very much a strong believer in social entrepreneurship as a concept and impact startups um, and leveraging the power of business of doing something meaningful. I think my priorities have changed now, though, because I have become a mom uh, quite unexpectedly. I think it was a shocker for everyone, including <laughs> me. So, yeah, I think I just, uh, you know, I left the private sector now and I'm trying to do something, still something good with the power of business, but something that I can much more relate to, which is being a parent and being a parent in the modern, wor modern world and the parent of our generation. So, yeah, that's how I've become who I am today. I love it. And I mean, it's beautiful to see your journey because you obviously started like studying social entrepreneurship. I mean, I know that you believed in the power of business and you were doing stuff before that as well. But then, yeah, going into like helping a ton of startups and then becoming a mom and seeing a really important gap in the market and being like, okay, I'm a mom of a, how old was he when you decided to launch ILO? He was just a little under six months. So, yeah. uh, so actually the idea came to my mind quite quickly after he was born. But yeah, like just a little under six months when I decided, okay, let's just try something with, with what I have in my, in my head. I remember we were in March in Austin, South by Southwest together, which was a long time coming. We were supposed to do that like three years ago. And you started telling me about this idea. And it's been absolutely insane to see you from that conversation to now you've actually held your first retreat. And we'll talk about like what it is and all these things. But I think for all the, you know, moms out there or women who are like wanting to be entrepreneurs and also wanting to be moms, it's a really, really beautiful thing to watch because a lot of times you think that, yeah, it's maybe not a possibility to like do both kind of at a similar time. And I know it's not easy. <laughs> We're going to talk about all those things, but it's really beautiful to watch you see it. So oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. So tell us, what is ILO? What's the inspiration behind it? You said that the idea came really early. Um, yeah. Tell us about the journey. Yeah, I think I am originally Polish. My husband is English. We're raising our child in a third country that we're not, neither of us is from, uh, which is Denmark. And we're in Copenhagen. And I think what comes with this lifestyle is that we don't have the village that everybody talks about uh, mm. there's no parents like pretty much any help we need to get to raise our child we need to hire um, but that also means that we rarely get a break as in you know you never you rarely get a sitter just so you can sit and watch tv you know you you rarely get a sitter to go to a yoga class and I think more and more people of our generation live this way. Yeah. And I think it set us back as, as parents. And I think it also took a bigger toll on us to live this way and have a newborn. 
And also, I think what comes with the lifestyle we're living is that a lot of travel is involved. It's just kind of what we live for. But having Benji really has just turned traveling into just taking care of him in a different location. So few locations or so few destinations we've been to have the proper equipment that is required to take care of the newborn or maybe it's not required but it just makes your life so much easier and so I've looked at places of like okay what does it mean to like if I was to google vacation with children you only either get like all-inclusive hotels in Egypt but that is also for older children or you'll get like incredibly spiritual retreats, mainly for moms, where every minute of your day is planned for and so on. And yes, there's childcare provided, but you still don't really get time just to yourself. Like everything's facilitated. So I just saw that gap in the market that you mentioned of, okay, what if we're just to help parents, not just focus on moms, but just focus on the fact that children come usually from a union and parents just need some space and support to do whatever they want and reconnect with themselves. And often they can't do it if they don't have the village I mentioned um, before. So that's how ILO was created. And we just held our first retreat. So we just tested the concept, if you can say that. Yeah. So that was the journey. It was just very much, you know, observing myself as a target market. Yeah. I love it because it's thinking of obviously, I mean, so many great ideas come from solving a problem that you're having, right? And that you can really connect to. And so here it was not only a desire to like connect with your partner as you have, you know, this young child. And also, I think one of the things that I'd love to have you talk about is you don't offer just any type of childcare. It's not just like you're dropping off your kid and, you know, there's nannies there that are watching and, Talk a little bit about um, the idea that you also really wanted with the type of childcare that you're offering. Yeah, so that is something that was also, you know, me and my husband, we've gone to like five-star hotels where childcare is theoretically provided. And then when I would request at the reception, you know, can I please use your nanny services? Usually the person you get is like a 16-year-old. For me, I just felt it's a little wrong because I felt guilty living some my you know six seven month old son with someone who is sure like who just doesn't know a lot about early childhood development and so on. And so I think I just want to provide parents with the childcare that will make them feel good about leaving their child in competent hands. We know that you know. The way childcare is designed, it can really impact positively brain development. The first three years are most important. And so the childcare team, the team of educators that I have uh, for ILO, they're all highly qualified people in early childhood, childhood education, exactly for that reason, because I want the children to have a good experience growing up as well uh, and not feel, you know, just like left by their parents. I want them to have a good time at the retreats as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think it's such a good idea. And so um, you just had your first retreat in Italy. Um, tell us more, like, 
How was it? The good, maybe also some of the chaos, because I know that organizing anything for the first time is chaotic. Um, but yeah, what are some of the things that you maybe like anticipated and then actually totally blew you out of the water in terms of how people reacted and went? And maybe some of the things you didn't anticipate and like you're ready to change for next time. That's a good question. I think, first of all, we ended up being understaffed. Um, I think we ended up being in a beautiful location. We were in a 14th century villa in Tuscany. But we also had eight families with very broad range of ages of children. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's something that threw us off because we had, you know, six, seven-month-old babies with four or five-year-old kids in the same group. So what ended up happening, and God bless my childcare team because they managed, of course, everything and they, like, figured it out on the go. But what ended up happening is that, you know, the four or five-year-olds just ended up too overstimulated because the babies were crying too much. So, you know, that threw me out of the water, which for the future retreats and the families gave us the same feedback that, you know, for future retreats, let's just split the groups, mm-hmm. which, of course, then will impact the venue we can have for the retreats because we suddenly need to create more nursery spaces or daycare spaces. So that's something that threw us off. And I think... Another thing is, of course, the food. Um, Manon, I think she was on your podcast as well. She was a chef there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we had this idea of, you know, we're going to have family style meals from five till seven and families can come and go as they please. But we just didn't think of like, when you have eight children at the table, it's everything but about food like it's about everything but not food you know it's just like constant distraction so I think we need to just still like we're gonna focus on high quality locally sourced food but like how we will serve it will need to change that said we still want to do like around the family schedule and so on so so yeah that's something that really threw us off that makes so much sense. You just gave me flashbacks of like whenever we're with um, – so I have nine nieces and nephews and whenever we're all together in the house in France and in my parents' house and we're having – if we do like a big you know, meal with everybody together, it is quite chaotic. I mean I'm not saying that that's what it was for you, but you just gave me flashback of – because they're also all different ages and so they like – some of them need help to eat. Some of them don't. Some of them are like – I don't want to eat this or like, yeah, it's just, (laughs) it can be quite intense with all those different types of energies. Yeah. And I think, I mean, now you're giving, like, I can give you an example, you know, we had parents there that were like, we want our child to explore all the food that's there for grownups, which is like steak, you know, they're going to have steak. But then we have all these parents that are like, my child will not eat anything else but finger fish fingers. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather have him eat fish fingers than run hungry. And so we can't have these two families eat together because if the guys that wanted to eat steak will see fish fingers, then everybody will eat fish fingers. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's just those legal things of like learning how children are just different. They're human. And we just need to learn how to cater for all of that in a smart way. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what about the adults? Like, so if the kids are being taken care of throughout the day, do the adults have activities? Are they like free to chill on their own? What's, what's the plan for them? So we don't have a plan for the childcare hours for the parents. We provide an optional yoga classes that they can take if they want to. But overall, we say, you know, you're 15, 20 minutes drive from the nearest town. You have five hours. If you want to like sit and watch Netflix, then up to you. You can go for a walk in the forest, do whatever you want. And I think for me, it's very important that this is exactly what we offer to parents, that we offer them the freedom to do whatever they want. Because I feel like as a parent, as a mom, like last thing I want is to have more things on my schedule. So I just trust that parents know what's best for them and what they need. And yeah, that's what we're trying to provide, which was also during the first retreat, a learning by itself that we need to have more less remote locations um, than the one we had. Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. And what are some of the things that you loved about the first retreat? I just loved how the parents just built a community. We ended up mostly with uh, parents from Copenhagen. So, mm-hmm. you know, the departure when everyone was leaving, they were like, can we have a reunion in Copenhagen? You know, just being on vacation with people in the same situation, you know, nobody had to worry that like there was soup thrown at the wall by some toddler, you know, like nobody got surprised by things like this, that if you are in a standard hotel, you will be judged in certain places. So I think that's also just like the environment of absolutely not being judged for how your child is being raised or whatever like everyone has the space to do whatever they want because everybody knows how rocky that road can be to be a parent Mm -hmm. so i i really loved that talk to us a bit more about how it's been to build a business whilst also being a mom of you know at the (laughs) beginning he was six months old when you were thinking of this idea how was that journey for you yeah, so it's funny because you say, you know, oh, I uh, like, how did you build a business with a child under one? I don't feel like I've built a business. I feel like I've registered a legal entity and I'm trying to do something about it now. But um, I think, I mean, for a reason, I call it an uptime project because I think the benefits, or maybe I just got really lucky. Benji, when he was really small, he would sleep a lot. He had long naps like thankfully he wasn't this one of these babies that would like do 30 minute naps so that's i mean the way my son slept enabled me to do something about ilo but uh, i call it an uptime project because i could only work on it while he was napping and that mm-hmm. meant that it was sometimes four hours a day and sometimes it was an hour a day so that's it so so i just i think it was just like the biggest testimony to giving into parenthood that you just can't control anything. And, mm. you know, I couldn't sit down eight hours straight. I worked around his schedule. And when I couldn't work on Ilo, I would be just focusing on spending time with him. So that's how it was. Just like mainly never finishing any to-do list ever. But everybody's still alive. So (laughs) (laughs) 
That's good. (laughs) No, I love that. You talked a little bit about just now, like the journey into parenthood. What are some of the myths that I know we've talked about this, like outside of this, obviously, but what are some of the myths that you had heard or were worried about before becoming a mother that maybe they ended up being true? Maybe they didn't for some new moms that are maybe listening to this or about to be moms. Yeah, I think like the most anxiety-inducing phrase that I heard when I was pregnant is that your life, as you know, it is over. Just like Mm. forget that you exist. And I honestly just wish I was told the opposite because your life isn't over. It changes, but so do you. Like you suddenly just don't have the urge of like, oh, I'm going to binge, you know, a whole season of a Netflix show in one go. You just kind of focus on what's more important to you because the time you have is limited. So I would say life changes, but it's not the end of your life, you know? Mm. I I also remember somebody told me when I found out I was pregnant, I was like eight weeks pregnant and I was freaking out. I knew my boyfriend at that time for like five months you know I barely knew the guy and I was pregnant with him I was like what am I gonna do you know like I'm gonna lose so much and I said that to someone who was at that time already a mother and I was like I'm just afraid you know I'm gonna lose so much and then she just said yes but you're also going to gain so much and I think now I know it's true that I've just gained so much. Yeah, so I would say that's something about the myths. I think I also just struggle with like, you know, can you have it all? Can you have a career and and a successful family life and all that? I think what I've noticed in my experience, but also a few mom friends that I talked to is that I stopped associating my entire identity to my career almost immediately after Benji was born, you know? So I believe you can strive for the career you used to want, but I would question if you will want to do that. Yeah, I think that's a question that each person can ask themselves. I think there's also so many different stages of being a mom. Like it also is different when you're like continuing to grow the family and having multiple kids. And so, yeah, there's a lot of elements uh, that I think might come into play when thinking about that question, but I love that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, absolutely. And I agree with you, you know, I know that I'm just in the beginning of the journey, you know, Benji is 18 months, not even yet. So I wonder if in a year or two years from now, I'll say the same things. It's funny because earlier you referred to him as your husband and then you were like, yeah, I got pregnant with a boyfriend five months in just so people know it is the same person. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it's the same person. We just got married after. Yeah, I love that. What are any other like kind of takeaways that you would want to share for somebody who is because you mentioned, I think, you know, we don't talk about this as openly of like when it's a surprise, when we're not expecting to um, necessarily, like I remember we were, you were in France with me and my family uh, for a weekend and you were like, yeah, we'll see, like maybe one day. And turns out you actually were pregnant already. Yeah. I remember when I was in France then and I was like, why am I so sleepy? You know, I just like traveled to France. I was like, I must be so overworked. 
Turns yeah. out I wasn't overworked. I was just in my first trimester. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, for somebody who's maybe like didn't expect it, finding out they're pregnant, freaking out like you were, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. What, what ideas, what thoughts do you have to share? I mean, I think, I mean, now it might be, I don't know if it's a topic that can be covered on this podcast, but I think for us, having been living in Denmark where, you know, abortion is always an option, it's been legal since the 70s, being in the situation we were when, like, we barely knew each other, we knew each other for a very short time, we did consider abortion. And... It was actually very good to just be able to, you know, talk openly to doctors about it without any taboo, you know, does it later on mm. impact fertility and so on. I think for me, the questions we've been asking is, do we want to be parents? And the answer for both of us was yes. Like we both always wanted to be parents. And then the question was, if we were to split up, can I see the other person being a partner of my life and being a good parent even if we're not a couple and after some deliberation you know we thought okay yes that is like I could always see Jake being a good dad to Benji and being a part of my life even if he's not my partner so for us that was this kind of thinking and those conclusions that got us over the fence and also there was this question of like what if we are still together and we want to get pregnant in three years and it's not that easy mm -hmm. so we were just like that's just that you know everything's written in the stars and everything's as supposed as it's supposed to be and let's just trust the universe and let's just do it you know we were stable financially we're in a safe country we were in 15 years old so for us it was this kind of thinking but I can't say like you know that was just a very personal experience but people end up being in a very different situations i think the universal thinking for me was that i would i think can be applicable to people in most situations can i see the other person being a part of my life even if we're not together and then do i want to be a parent yeah that's beautiful and thank you for sharing your yeah, your deliberation. I think it's a reality for a lot of people. Obviously, it's some a reality that's being taken away from a lot of people as well and where they're no longer given that option. So we've never talked about this on this podcast. We'll see how people react, but it's a safe space for people to share their opinion regardless of what side of the fence mm -hmm. they're on. So yeah, I'm happy you brought it up and thank you for sharing that. We end every episode with a few questions um, that I like to ask. So the first one is, how do you unlock your vitality these days? I think, I mean, speaking of the, how short should the answer be? <laughs> it doesn't have to be like rapid fire. You have time. Take your time. Like, yeah, connecting to whatever you're doing that's giving you that inner energy. Yeah, I think, you know, like having been talking about, you know, how much you gain when you become a parent, like I just care about how Benjo eats uh, and what he eats and making sure that he eats well, that it really impacted the way we eat because, you know, I'm not going to make a separate dinner for me and my son. Like it's just we eat whatever Benji eats. 
And honestly, just having been eating really healthy, really locally, really simple recipes, not overeating, and just having the routine of like, we always eat dinner together and breakfast together as a family. Like that is just giving me so much energy. I think like, I feel physically much better, but also just having this like community. I mean, the community of free, you know, like we're now sharing this Mm-hmm. moment together in the crazy days it's just really nice to just be still and like everyone's eating now yeah <laughs> I love that that's beautiful the next one is what are you saying no to these days I think I mean <laughs> I'm saying no to everything that isn't a hell yes kind of like a gut feeling I just quit my uh, my corporate job So that was definitely a big no from my side, but it was just, logically speaking, I shouldn't have quit, but it was just not worth my time. So I think it's just, I don't know if this answered is the question, but like, I just started following my gut. So if my gut says that it isn't right, then I'm trying to say no to it. I love that. That makes so much sense. And the reason I asked this question is, um, I mean, you know a lot about the journey that I went through with like health and healing and all these things, but there's this book that kind of changed my life, which is When the Body Says No by Dr. Gabor Mate. And he literally Mm -hmm. talks about the links with like a bunch of different diseases and incapacity to say no. So then our body like shows us the way that we're doing it. And so I think that as you're saying, like, you know, following your gut and if it's a no, it's a no, that also reflects physically how you're feeling, how your digestion is, Mm. like all the different things. So that's really cool. I love that. The next one's a fun one. Uh, What is on your nightstand? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) On my nightstand, honestly, I think currently there's like a pot that Benji brought from the kitchen to our bedroom. (laughs) I think every parent can relate to it that like, What's on my nightstand is what my son brings onto the nightstand. So there's probably <laughs> like a few Duplo pieces and the frying pan and a pot. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I don't have a very like sexy Nordic design nightstand. Although I do have a massive <laughs> amethyst there, which for some reason Benji hasn't moved. He's moved everything else around the house. God knows where my things are. But that amethyst seems to be a permanent item on that nightstand. I love it. And then the last one is, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Mm, Probably just don't stick around with people that drain your energy. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Speaking of the gods, yeah. I think speaking of just gut feelings, just don't ignore your gut. Don't stick around with people that drain your energy. Because I think you asking me why I low as possible, I think it's also to a large extent due to the fact that Jake is a stable partner and just being in this like healthy relationship means that I have so much space for my own project in my head Mm. so yeah I think that would be probably what I would say to my younger self I love it that's so beautiful 
All right. Where can people find you? Uh, where can they find information about ILO? We'll also add links in the show notes, but just if somebody's listening right now and um, yeah, where can they find you? Yeah. So for ILO, you, we obviously are very active on Instagram um, at ILO Retreat. Uh, but also I think, I mean, if I can do a, a an ad here. We're going to Marrakesh. We have a very wicked venue in Marrakesh and it will be I love to point out very improved. So if anyone wants to go to Marrakesh, write me a message. Yeah. That's how people can find us. We also have a website. I love retreat.com. When is the one in Marrakesh happening? The next retreat? We're doing two back to back weeks in February. So one is from February 10th to 16th, and then one from February 18th to, I think, 24th. It's a beautiful venue with a view of the desert, 30 minutes to the Medina, two pools. It's incredible. It's really nice. Sounds so dreamy. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Marisha, for coming on the show. We can't wait to, yeah, follow Ilo's journey and yours. And thank you guys for listening. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to rate and review. It really helps us grow. Or if you just want to share it with somebody else that you think might enjoy this conversation, please do. It really, really helps the show. I also wanted to remind you that so this episode launches on November 8th. On 11-11, November 11th is our big launch party. I'm so excited for the celebration. It's going to be so fun. Uh, there are still a few spots left. We'll see if by then, but I'm pretty sure there will still be a few. And so if you want to grab your spot and come along, it's going to be really beautiful. We're going to have herbs and tea. We're going to have trad bone broth there, which is favorite place in Noe Valley that um, I'm sure you've heard me talk about if you follow me on social. And my dear friend from Crystal Luz is going to be there with her crystals. It's just going to be a beautiful, beautiful event. I can't wait. I'm so excited to be telling you all about it on the next episode. So if you are around, please come along. And if you're not and you're hoping that there's something else that you can participate in, I'm hosting a free webinar on November 16th, which is all about figuring out how to unlock your vitality with this mind, body, soul solution method approach that I'm creating. It's at 11 a.m. PST. And I'm really excited to give out content we're going to talk about for the mind piece, we're going to talk about stress. For the body piece, we're going to talk about gut health. And for the soul piece, we're going to talk about intuition. So I hope to see you at one of those. And again, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.